Who controls the British crown? Who keeps the metric system down? We do. We do. Who keeps Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We do. We do. Who holds back the electric car? Who makes Steve Gutenberg a system down. We do. We do. Who keeps Atlantis off the maps? Who keeps the Martians under wraps? We do. We do. Who holds back the electric car? Who makes Steve Gutenberg a star? We do. We do. Who helps English of their sight? Who rigs every think we should add the Hall of Fame to the list that the Stonecutters take charge and keep control over. Welcome back. It's Game Night OT. Dave Kaufman, Mo Khan, and Jonah Carey. Welcome, Jonah. I can't believe you played the whole song. Well, great. you know, I, I got guts like that. How are you, man? How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I'm uh, blown away by the, uh, the controversy and the back and forth, and uh, it makes me feel like it's kind of baseball season, to be honest with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, the, the thing is, there are a lot of reasons why people get agitated about this stuff. I think fundamentally, there's sort of a desire to see the best players get in. And, you know, if people feel that they got robbed, whether it's a PED guy like Derek Bonds or somebody who's not necessarily linked to PEDs, but is just a good player like Kurt Schilling or Mike Messina or whatever, the people go nuts about it. Honestly, in the past couple of years, I think I've been sort of bemused about the whole process. Just sort of, okay, well, the voters are pretty crummy and we'll get along, we'll do the best I can. I've been frustrated, but not really angry. And about two or three days ago, I came to the realization that Tim Raines is probably going to get screwed by these jackasses, and then I got really angry. Yeah, yeah. Well, watching him go down was, was, was tough to see, and then just knowing who's up in the next, you know, five, six, seven years, yeah, it's going to make it real tough for Tim Raines to get in. And I'll tell you another thing, Jonah, seeing, and I know it's a tiny sample size, but seeing that the public didn't vote Tim Raines in on the deadspin ballot really, really hit me in a spot that I wasn't expecting. I mean... That's not really the fault of those people so much as it's the dereliction of duty by the by the Hall of Fame voters. There's just I can't imagine a scenario in the world by which more than four guys get in one year. Realistically, two or three is the cap, mm -hmm. and it's just impossible to keep up that way. And Dave Cameron wrote a great piece about this for Fangraphs. There are 30 teams now. You know, I think people have in their minds, okay, well, you know, Hall of Fame, you know, this is how many people get voted on, or whatever. But there's twice as many players, so there's going to be twice as many players who are Hall of Fame worthy. That's just how it goes. There's just more guys. We have, you know, expansion and all this stuff. Fine, there's more teams, but it's not the talent pool got diluted because we got guys in from Japan, we got guys in from Canada, we got guys in from all over the place. And so now we're at the point, better scouting, all this stuff. We're at the point where, you know, okay, Reigns, he was probably the ninth or tenth or eleventh best guy. We could kind of go back and forth on who it is, but the bottom line is that there are so many guys that should have been in our range. This is the problem. It's that backlog. And so you talk about all these people that are coming up next year. Pedro, it's Randy Johnson, John Smoltz, Gary Sheffield. Griffey's coming down the pike eventually to be Halliday and Jeter and all these guys. There, I just cannot see a scenario by which not just Reigns, but, you know, uh, Messina, Schilling, 
Piazza, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen with him. Jeff Bagwell, these guys are obvious Hall of Famers. I don't know. I guess they're all going to go over to, you know, with the, with the new version of the um, Veterans Committee, and we'll see what happens. But even then, I'm not so confident that they're going to vote all those guys. And I think they're going to be overwhelmed, too. I think there needs to be a fundamental change in how this is done because everything is as, it's so much different than it used to be. And the conversation changes as well, Jonah, because it, it used to be about you know, how is Major League Baseball going to police these players and, and regulate the you know, the Bonds and the Clemens of the world, now that's being left to the writers. And now the writers are seen to be rebelling a little bit, and they're being put in their place by the heads up at the BBWAA. Yeah, no question. And, and I'm a full disclosure, I'm a member of the BBWA. I became a member a month ago, but I don't have a Hall of Fame over 10 years. And, uh, you know, there, is, there are movements afoot. There, there's reform that's trying to be made, but, you know, it's baby steps. I think the best-case scenario is you see something like the Limit 10 rule uh, which means you can only vote for 10 guys in a particular year. And in my mind, there were about 15 deserving candidates this mm-hmm. year. And I'm not even a, a big Hall guy. I'm just talking about, you know, based on the standards of the Hall of Fame, that's the case. But uh, you get in a situation where you can reform that rule. But even then, it's just, you know, I think you have to do a bunch of things. First of all, you have to have transparency. I think that if you look at it, people can submit all kinds of ridiculous ballots or submit a blank ballot if they, there's no accountability. I think if you have to go out in public, you don't have to write a column about it, but just physically attach your name to something and put it out there. I think that changes things a little bit. And I think we need to reexamine the roles of voters a little bit. There are people that are voting who haven't covered baseball in 10, 15, 20 years, and I don't think it's reasonable for somebody who has no new insight since 1991 to be voting on what is the highest award in all of baseball. And furthermore, I would say that not only do you have to cut back a little bit on those uh, ranks, but it seems that there is some movement at least to potentially uh, open it up a little bit to a new generation, which I guess would theoretically include me, but there's some conflict of interest when I say this, but there's some talk about maybe making the waiting period go from 10 years to five, uh, you know, things like that, and that would obviously change things too. And heck, I mean, you know, Bill James, Vince Scully, John Thorne, Bob Costas, those people can't vote for the Hall of Fame either because it's very much a baseball writer's kind of thing, you know, maybe there'd be a movement to change the, the nature of the populace a little bit, too. So I just think that there are all kinds of ways you can improve it. I have no issue with Dave Van Horn getting a Hall of Fame vote. This is... Uh, sure, Dave Van Horn, of course, <laughs> for Tim Reed. It's uh, Game Night OT on TSN 690, Dave Kaufman and Mo Khan. Hey, Jonah, uh, my question for you, just to further elaborate on your point before about uh, having a rotation of voters here, uh, one idea that was being yeah. mentioned all day long on, on U.S. radio was maybe having a 40-person panel here, and every couple of years you rotate that panel of a sort of writers, broadcasters, and points in between to get a different perspective of how to vote for whoever's up next for that class or years down the road. Yeah, you know, I mean, there are pluses and minuses to that. On the one hand, there's potential to build consensus on a group that small, but on the other hand, you know, it almost depends on the nature of the populace. I mean, honestly, it's supposed to be a subjective thing, but I just think that objectively, you look at certain guys, like, how could Mike Piazza not be in the Hall of Fame? Think about Reigns for a second. It's so patently obvious to me that he should be in the Hall of Fame. And he's not being let in for a couple of reasons. Number one is suspected PED use, even though he's never failed any drug tests, nor has he been linked to anything other than Murray Chastain has backing. Right. So I think that whether it's a group of 40 or 600, they're going to run into these problems. I honestly think you should see better voters, to be honest with you. I suppose that's kind of a selfish, subjective, arrogant thing to say, but I really don't give a crap. That's how I feel. I am so uh, in, in awe and have been for a couple of years now since she told me that Stephanie Miles uh, revoked her Hall of Fame vote, said that she's not going to do it anymore because she doesn't cover oh, the I game. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, which I thought was just so so cool and so mature of her. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, you don't she, see did, that. 
I'm did sorry. Did you think while she did it, did you think that she's covering tennis more now than baseball? Or? Well, when when I had the conversation with her, it was that she doesn't yeah. follow the game closely enough to feel that she can right. reflect and 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 give a proper vote. And I don't know if well, he still met- I don't know if he still votes or not, yeah. Jonah. But I know that Aislinn has a has a BBWA membership. Yeah, Carrie does have one. Absolutely. Stephanie doesn't surprise me, by the way, having talked to her and met her and all that stuff. I mean, she, you know, she's a kind of a, a no-nonsense sort of person. That's she's right. She's very pragmatic, and she says, okay, yes, then yes, and if no, then no. I really think it's a it's a Charlton Heston NRA kind of situation for a lot of other people. <laughs> you know, right out of the cold dead end. I mean, you know, you're 85 years old. You last covered the game in 1983 or whatever. It, it, there is value in institutional knowledge. If you really did watch all of Jack Morris's career, I didn't. I mean, he started his career in 1977. I was born in 74. So, no. That's fine. Institutional knowledge is fine. But you have to weigh that against being realistic about what it is that you follow and what it is that you don't. You can't just sit there and pass judgment. And, you know, these people keep voting and voting and voting. The nature of the healthcare system, they're all going to live to be 120 years old. You're going to be <laughs> voting on Jeter or whatever. And you're not following baseball. I just don't get that. And the thing is, it's so difficult to get into the BBWA. I was rejected twice. I'm not the be-all and end-all of writers by any means. But I write a crap load about baseball. I care a lot about baseball. I follow its stats and not stats. I have institutional knowledge and historical knowledge or whatever. And it took me three tries to get in. Wow. It's so hard to get in, but it's impossible to kick someone out. Someone could be not at all paying attention and they won't get kicked out, but somebody who is obsessed with baseball cannot get in. There's something wrong with that, too. Wow, Jonah. I'm I'm speechless. We've we've got about a minute left with Jonah Carey here before Marco brings us a sports update. Absolutely, we're plugging the book. Up, Up, and Away comes out March 12th. It's going to be the uh, Jonah Carey Across Canada Take a Train Super Tour, signing books and throwing them out at every stop, right? Yeah. Seriously, I mean, if you care even a little tiny bit about the Expos, you are going to absolutely love this book. There's Everybody in the world has interviewed Pedro, Rusty Saab, anybody you could possibly think of. There's so many fun stories. There's, you know, real truth to what really happened, you know, in terms of business and this and that. And, and it's fun. It's a fun read. I, mean, I really think that people, even if they haven't thought about it for 10 years or they're bitter that they left, which I totally understand, this is some really great nostalgia. And I really, really think that people are going to dig it. And the fact that we've got these games coming up at the Big O and it, the book is coming out at the same time, there's going to be a really cool renaissance of baseball going on, even if it's only for a few days. And I really think people will dig it. So Amazon.ca, uh, eventually it'll be out in bookstores, but feel free to pre-order it. It's called Up, Up, and Away, based, of course, on Dave Ed Horn's Paul. Uh, you did because... I pre-ordered it about a month ago, Jonah, and I'm hoping that in the uh, few days that you have before the dead drop of edits, you can mention that uh, former Expos VP David Sampson will be appearing on Survivor. Yes, yes, I saw that. I interviewed David Sampson for the book, by the way, and I have to tell you one thing that people might be disappointed by, not just based on what they say, because obviously you take it with a grain of salt, but I don't think Jeffrey Loria and David Sampson really assassinated the Expos. It's much more complicated than that. Well, like, the book gets into that as well. So, yeah, if you're into truth-telling as opposed to agendas, then that'll definitely be. Good reason. Uh, another good reason to need the book is if you needed another reason. Uh, Jonah, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but this is The Marlin's Soar by Scott Stapp from Creed. Oh, good. <laughs>